Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, uh, I'm sure in their heart of hearts, they probably know. Uh, but as far as what they're portraying or what people are saying behind the scenes, no. I think um, you know, with 47 days before the draft, my understanding is they have up to three quarterbacks in mind. It, it's, of course, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and then uh, one wild card. That could be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. You know, they, they really have no rush now. They just want to get in position to be able to do what they want. And they could back out into another spot. You know, like let's say fall in love with, I don't know, Le- Will Levis, right? Then you know you can get him at three most likely. You could move back two spots. So there's just there's stuff you could do to to maneuver, and uh, you know I think they wanted that flexibility. That's ESPN's Jeremy Fowler discussing all of the possibilities the Carolina Panthers have now. After they traded up for the number one overall selection on Friday, they gave up the ninth overall selection, the 61st overall, a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 2025. And even DJ Moore. We'll dig into that just a little bit more here soon. They did all of that to move up to number one overall. But one of the later reports, too, and you heard it there from Fowler, is the fact that you could see Carolina actually trade back to number two, three, who knows, after they traded up for number one overall. Mm -hmm. Now, Jordan Reed, a draft expert for ESPN, had this to say on that specific report. As soon as I seen that report, I really didn't believe it just because if you give so much up to trade up to number one, you've pretty much already identified who your guy is. So I don't see a situation of where or why you would want to slip back to number two overall just in case the Houston Texans end up getting the top quarterback on your board. So David Tepper was really tired of those veteran retreads, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, these guys that they have recycled through there. So he just said, "Let you know what, let's just go up and get our guy. I'm more inclined to believe the latter. I really hope so, Wes. Because if they trade up to number one overall, with just like a contingency plan, not really knowing the QB that they specifically want, I might be more on board with that. If they didn't give up DJ Moore too, I might be on more, more on board with their uncertainty. But if you're going to get rid of all of that, people are mad on the text line. Stop saying you gave up two first-round picks. Okay, I'm, I'm banking on everybody being able to do the math here, right? You give up two first-round picks, you get a higher draft pick, okay? Pick swap, whatever. Like, people can do the math. It's, it's, it's fine to say they gave up two first and they got a first-round pick in return. They just had the pick swap. It's totally cool. But you wouldn't give all that up to me to just not know right now what quarterback you want. Because if that were to happen, Wes, then you might be able to get rid of a little bit less to move up to two or three if one of the guys that you like falls back a little bit. And I know this is just kind of a backup plan. It doesn't make much sense to me. I'm with Jordan Reed. Are you on Jordan Reed's side, or do you think that it might make sense for them to trade back? I don't think it would make sense for them to trade back unless it's a deal that just blows you away. Because I could see a scenario where after these workouts and, uh, you know, you heard Mort say just now – don't necessarily pay attention to the tape and the stats and all of those things because he brought up examples of quarterbacks who were uh, dominant in the league who, coming out of college, they had questions uh, about necessarily their their stats and things like that. So I could see a a world where they do like 
three quarterbacks. And they do feel like, okay, if they're all equal on our board or let's just say they barely have Bryce Young ahead of C.J. Stroud and then those two barely ahead of Anthony Richardson off his potential and things of that nature, then they could say, hey, if the Texans want to come up, if the Colts want to come up and offer us something crazy, then we're willing to do that because we like all these guys and we're cool with getting all those guys. So I don't think that's not a situation that's not plausible. I think it is. But, um, I, you know, I also kind of subscribe to the fact that if they are trading up, I think they more so wanted to trade up because they want to control the draft. And with that type of language being said by Fitterer, I could see a scenario where they could trade down. I don't think it would be that much further. I don't think they would trade down lower than three. So I'm okay with that thought process again, and it comes down to this point. If you didn't get rid of DJ Moore, so we can speak a little bit to just how important it is, whether you should have kept him or whether it was the right call to include him in this deal. For me, I will speak under the caveat that if this was the only option on the table to get number one, and there is a QB that you have zeroed in on, I'm pulling the trigger. So I want to speak under that caveat that if this was the only option, fine, I would have made this deal. But it hurts, man. I'm telling you it hurts. Because as I tweeted out on Friday, Chicago, they picked a first overall, or they picked a first round QB in Justin Fields. And one thing that people had been slamming them for is not having enough weapons around Justin Fields. Well, Chicago just fixed that, helped that by going after a wide receiver number one and the Carolina Panthers who gave up that number one wide receiver now have Terrace Marshall as their most highly invested pass catcher with this team right now, trading up for him, I believe, even in the second round. Like Terrace Marshall is your best receiver on the roster as it currently stands. You can't go to the backfield with a pass catcher because you got rid of Christian McCaffrey and we've talked at nauseum about Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard's inability to catch passes. Shai Smith, Ian Thomas, Tommy Trimble. We've talked a lot about the tight end group. Man, zero weapons. So DJ Moore, to me, if you were to ask, Walker, would you be okay with giving up another first-round pick and holding on to DJ Moore? I'd rather get rid of another first-round pick. I'd rather keep DJ. People are talking about how this was a tradable contract, but you know why this was a tradable contract? Because it was a good one. Like DJ Moore getting paid as much as he did, everybody else afterwards set the market. Like he got a deal done with Carolina early, and then you saw all this record-breaking money going elsewhere. So getting rid of DJ Moore hurts, and if you don't know who you want right now, that's the problem that I have. Again, let's speak under the caveat that I would have done this deal, but man, I really hope they've got one specific target and that they believe so much in that said target, that's why they decided to give up all that they did. But this one hurts to me, Wes. Um, yeah, I did see your comments about that, uh, and I was going to comment on them, but I said I would save it for the show. Um, I don't have an issue at all with them getting rid of DJ Moore. Uh, I think that you have uh, a couple of different types of quarterbacks. You do have guys like, I think the Super Bowl is a great example of that. You have a guy like Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, who they've had to develop. And when he has receivers, uh, he's got two star wide receivers, in my opinion, and guys who are capable of dominating games. But, and then you look at Patrick Mahomes, a guy who can play with a bunch of nondescript receivers, guys who aren't superstars, as long as they get open, then he can ball out. And so I think if you have a quarterback that needs those safety blankets, that needs that quote-unquote number one guy that they can throw it up to, 
then of course, then you may need one of those types. But if you have a quarterback that just give me guys that are going to get open, then I think you're good to go. And I think that wide receivers are replaceable. You look at the top receiving guys and what their teams did. Justin Jefferson, the, the Vikings went to the playoffs. They went home first game. Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs. Uh, you know, you look at Stephon Diggs. They had another early exit. Disappointing. C.D. Lamb, uh, you know, with the Cowboys, they won a playoff game, and then they went out. Uh, St. Brown, the Lions didn't make the playoffs. Guy wants so you can go on and on. Devontae Adams, they didn't even sniff the playoffs. So I don't think that's the end-all, be-all to have a top dog number one wide receiver. Obviously, the Panthers are going to address that uh, through free agency and the draft. But I think if you end up drafting a guy like Bryce Young strikes me as a guy that just give me guys who get open and I'll get them the ball. Um, and I think when you look at Alabama's receiving core this past year, they weren't, it wasn't the star studded group that it's been uh, in the past. And he still dominated with those guys. Now, CJ Stroud, that remains to be seen because his receiving core was fantastic. But uh, I do think Bryce Young is a guy, I call them lemonade quarterbacks. They take the lemons and they make lemonade. Yeah, he did that in college. I'd like to give him the best weapons as much as possible in order to be able to do that in the NFL, too. Like, when you talk about Super Bowl champions, right? I mean, both of us can go down the list to prove our point all day long about champions, Super Bowl appearances, whether they invested heavily in the wide receiver position or not, right? I have the Eagles. You have Kansas City. I have Tampa Bay when they have Mike Evans. I mean, how Kansas City had Tyreek Hill. But you can go to some teams that made it there without wide receivers. I don't, I'm not interested in doing that all day long. What I am interested in doing is us talking about providing the best environment for your young QB that you go draft. Now, everybody's right. Like, they got free agency to go sign a Adam Thielen, possibly, to go after Odell Beckham Jr., where they were in attendance for his workout. They could trade for DeAndre Hopkins. It would be maybe number 39. I don't know what the value would be, but you could go after DeAndre Hopkins. That's all fine. But I just don't want the storyline to be, well, DJ Moore is easily replaceable. Man, look, that guy put up numbers, as far as I'm concerned, collectively with the worst amount of quarterbacks and changing QBs compared to any other receiver you want to throw at me as far as where his numbers were reaching pretty much every single season. And the guy's on a good contract, which I can't understate. Like that guy was on a good deal with this Carolina Panthers team. He's also young. Like we're not talking about Thielen. We're not talking about Hopkins who's approaching 30. This guy's like, what, 25? And you still got rid of him. And it just seems like people are, oh, well, we can easily replace DJ Moore. Man, I was talking about this being the best environment for a young QB. The offensive line, it's better than average. It's not stout. It's not amazing, but it's better than average, and hopefully they improve. I'm cool with the offensive line. But what part of me had this saying that this was the best environment for a young QB, that was a DJ Moore in place, too. I mean, you don't have a choice but to go after some weapons here. You don't have a choice. Number 39 now, like, I'm looking at receiver big time. At number 39, over any other position, opposite pass rusher, I'm cool. Everything goes into, if you're investing this much in your number one overall selection at QB, you want to give him every reason to be successful as much as possible. So now, the number one thing you do next is go get him some pass catchers because you ain't got one on the team right now. Yeah, uh, I can agree with that as far as them going through the draft to find guys, and I think they can put together a good enough receiving core because you're really looking at it can the Panthers make the playoffs next year with a rookie quarterback? We'll see what everybody else does. But you still know with the rookie quarterback, it's going to take some time. So really, I give it a two-year window for you to start supplying your guy with enough weapons. But now 
I agree with you, though, as far as not having that tight end there that can be dominant, not having a uh, dominant wide receiver. But I think that, like I said, we see more and more rookies coming into the league, making contributions immediately at that receiver position. I think they can go out and find a couple of guys. Uh, maybe out of this draft class, you can get you a guy that could start for you. You can go out in free agency and grab a guy, too. Um, I forget which player it was on social media, and I was trying to find it to talk about it today that was saying how veterans don't like playing with rookie receivers. Um, oh, I got to I, well, I gotta find who it was. Though. Well, it, it still remains true. Like, what's your thought on that? Like, that sounds like a said, Rogers take. It does. Yeah, it, it was. Like no, it was, it was a skill guy. <laughs> it was a skill guy that said it, and I want to find it. But I think that it would be a tough sell for a veteran because, like, an Adam Thielen, I think it depends. I, I think he'll have a decent market, but I would think a guy uh, – as long as he's been in the league, he's going to want to go to a team where he can have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl, where he could probably have a veteran quarterback that he he won't get back to putting up the numbers he once did, but that he could put up good, solid numbers. And so I think it, it could be a tough sell for some vets when you talk about the Odells and things of that nature. But I think there's some good kind of maybe value guys that they could find. And then, uh, like you said, hopefully they hit on a draft pick or two. Yeah, 704 said Walker's too emotional attached to players. DJ was not a difference maker. Numbers don't mean anything if you can't score touchdowns. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm going after the QBs. It's not like I'm so emotionally attached to DJ Moore. You know what I'm emotionally attached to? Me. Getting the... <laughs> It's a great, it's a great plug-in. I'm emotionally attached to getting this number one quarterback everything right so he can be successful in the league. And if you're cool with Terrace Marshall being your number one guy or whoever, right? Like I know, I know they're not done. I know they're not done. But you just brought up the point that also I don't think people are giving enough credence to. Does Beckham want to go to Carolina that still is not a Super Bowl contender right now, or does he want to go to Dallas or somewhere else? Maybe Carolina is his only option. But if he has other options, he might choose those other options. Same thing with Adam Thielen. You're right. Veteran wide receiver wanting to make it in a deep run in the playoffs. Is Carolina going to be his first choice? So now what you're doing is you're having to invest. By the way, you just traded draft picks to go get this first overall pick. And so the highest one you can spend on a first on a receiver right now is 39. Like, let's just not act like it's not problematic here. Okay. Like that was the thing. All DJ, you know, who cares, man, DJ's good. DJ Moore is a good wide receiver, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt this Carolina Panthers team that he's gone. But you have a guy, hopefully, and I'm I'm cool overall with them getting him. I just want to bring note to the fact that losing DJ is going to hurt this team. I was just going to ask you guys, scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that, that Scott Fitterer properly addresses the wide receiver room with a rookie quarterback? You have no choice as far as I'm concerned. Scale yeah. of 1 to 10, confidence level. That he that he actually does address well, it. Well, does it does it in a proper manner, like whether it's a draft pick, another trade, whatever it is. Ten that he attempts to, five that he's actually successful. Wow. Well, I mean, because where's the we we had one year of Robbie Anderson. He's free agent again. And now he's a free agent, and it was one year, and then it was done. You drafted Terrace Marshall. I love the talent. Still hasn't panned out. Shy Smith, late pick. We'll see. Still hasn't panned out. What is the really good wide receiver move that he made? I mean, we just, we just, so much of this has been yet to be seen. You know, DJ was the guy. And so 10 that they're going to attempt it because you don't have a choice. Five that they'll be successful because I just don't know what's going to happen. We haven't seen the success there at that spot yet. Yeah, I'd go with a balance and go with a seven to think that I do think they're going to go after it. Do, do I think that they'll address it fully the way it needs to be in just one season? 
Probably not. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, you don't have an option. There's no doubt about that. And so hopefully they can go get some of these guys, and I'll shut up. That's a lot of groceries to get. Please. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I like that one, too. Why do I like you insulting me today? It's been hilarious. All right, it's uh, Josh Fitty Marlowe with the insults, but Walker, Mail, Wes Bryant with you for a couple of other hours here before we hand off the baton to Kyle Bailey. We'll continue the conversation regarding the Carolina Panthers. Where does this move to trade up to number one rank among the most exciting moments in franchise history you're listening to wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz mcdonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the mccrispy juicy fried chicken buttery bun unmatched pickle to chicken ratio yeah they know what they're doing in fact we can honestly say they're not new to chicken they're true to chicken the McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. folks we are back the Weston walker show sports radio 92.7 wfnz folks and i'm in here a dancing man as i just see that my 49ers pick up javon hargrave from the philadelphia eagles adding to that nasty d line to play with nick bosa the best defensive player in all of football you can at me <laughs> whoa you can at me whoa. all you want you know what i'm saying but, uh, Horn. defensive player of the year nick bosa Anyway, hit us up, Garage Door Guru text line. You can tell me how much you hate me there, 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials, Wes and Walker, on Twitter. Get our following up, folks. Hit up the WFNZ Twitter and WFNZ on Instagram. So free agency is on and popping. Legal tampering, period. As I said, Niners just pick up Javon Hargrave. Big pickup there, but... Back to the Panthers. Let's talk about this trade. It was exciting, as I said, when this went down on Friday, laying down in a Greensboro hotel, watching snowfall, and then the news dropped, and I get the alert, and I get, you know, I'm excited. I'm not a Panthers fan, but I was excited because it's exciting for what we do, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure for Panther fans, this is quite exciting. So it begged the question, that aside from the Super Bowls, would this be the most exciting thing to happen in Panthers history? I mean, can't drafting a Heisman winning quarterback was really exciting too. And you didn't trade up for it, but knowing Cam Newton was going to come to your team, and we kind of knew at the very end, like Cam Newton was going to yeah. be the pick. We did not do this whole, remember when Cleveland was choosing and it was between Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. They really held it all close to the vest. We had no clue what was going on. And then eventually they selected Baker. We knew Cam Newton was going to be the selection once we got closer to the NFL draft. And that was pretty excited. And maybe I'm just speaking from my personal feelings on that. Like, I loved watching Cam Newton have one of the better seasons we've seen in college football, especially to that point. Now, now you've seen a little bit more of the running QB on top of the crazy passing numbers. But, man, that was 
that was exciting to me, Wes. Like, I was really happy about that. But, yeah, it's it's up there with Cam if we're excluding the Super Bowl appearances and then maybe some playoff wins that they've had. It's really exciting. As I've mentioned, it's only happened six times in NFL history, and Carolina is doing the exciting thing in this, right? Like, even if you think Chicago made a really smart decision, it's way more exciting to move up to the number one pick than to move down to number nine. And as much as I love DJ Moore and I'm emotionally attached to DJ Moore as much as I am, that's not the exciting part about all this. So, yeah, man, it's got to be up there outside of the Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, I mean, because just like I said, the excitement and for what you're moving up for to get that franchise quarterback that this team and this franchise has been uh, pining for since you lost one Cam Newton and especially the way Cam's first tenure here uh, in Carolina ended with the injuries and how things just kind of went downhill. Now you have that new guy to cling on to uh, with your hopes of winning a Super Bowl, with hopes of having one of those guys that they're going to show on the commercials and things of that nature. So I do think this is very exciting. But to be definitive, I like to be definitive. I would say it is. Uh, I think that this is the most exciting thing to happen to this franchise uh, other than the Super Bowl moments because you talk about, as I said, all the things I just said and and making such a bold move. The Panthers were being talked about all day. They're still being uh, talked about all day. The the relevancy uh, for the Panthers in this moment, I think it's pretty big. Well, yeah. I still think it's Cam Newton that beats out this trade up to number one. But then are, are you saying Cam Newton in the sense of what he became? Because at the time, we didn't know that he would be all this. Sure, thing. it's a fair question. But I even think in the moment, when you selected your QB, Cam Newton was awesome that year. Yeah, and, like, and in fact, you earned the number one pick that year. You didn't make a move to go up and get it. No, so and, so, yeah. Right, so you didn't have the exciting move to get there. Yeah. But there's some uncertainty around this QB position right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I would argue Cam Newton, you know, maybe not over Bryce There was Young, a lot of uncertainty about him, though, because there were times while, in the process people thought Blaine Gabbert was the better player. For a while. As crazy as that is. For a while, yes. But eventually, and look, I, I've heard Marty talk about it. They were not selecting anybody else outside of Cam Newton. Once you got, I mean, even relatively what you could call close to the draft, it was AJ Green as the second option. If they weren't going to take a QB Mm -hmm. or if they weren't going to take Cam, I mean, I heard it was going to be AJ Green and not even Blaine Gabbert, right? Like AJ was a guy they really liked, but they needed a QB. So I, I, maybe I'm just speaking because I was really excited, but I, I loved Cam Newton coming out of the draft. And so that's what I was happy about. And in the preseason, he showed you a little taste. There was like a throw to Greg Olson in between a couple defenders. First two games of his rookie season, he threw for over 400 yards. He threw for over 4,000 that season. So maybe there's a little hindsight involved, but even at that time, I was excited. Yeah. And so, I mean, everybody can debate. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, about this. How do you feel about it? Is this the most exciting move in your opinion? Uh, so Pete Prisco, I love reading his stuff during the draft, uh, by the way. I, He's I grumpy, his, dude. Yeah. yeah, I love his draft uh, <laughs> analysis. So he had an interesting thought and one that we will bring up after we hear his soundbite and what he had to say about this move. Desperation does wonderful things to NFL teams, and this is a desperate NFL team. The owner is desperate to find himself his quarterback. That's basically what this boils down to. He wants his own quarterback. He's tried all the guys, the stopgap guys. They don't work. 
They never work. They're just guys who fill in until you find the actual guy. So I give him an A for the aggression. I like that. I really do. Go find your guy. The problem is you gave up a giant haul to go move up in a draft where there isn't one of those guys, and yet there will be next year. In fact, there'll be two of them next year. And so I'm sitting here trying to play uh, general manager as I always do here. Would I have traded all of those picks and DJ Moore to move up to draft any one of these four quarterbacks? And the answer to that question is absolutely not. This is uh, quite an interesting proposition he presents uh, when you talk about Caleb Williams and Drake May being at the top of next year's draft. And I'll ask you mm-hmm. after I say that I think <laughs> that it's the Panthers were going to make a move like this. I do think next year would be the year to do it. But do I think that there's not guys worthy of that this season? I disagree there. I do think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be really good pros, especially Bryce Young. I think Pete Prisco will be proven wrong in that assessment. But I do think that uh, they're moving up for next year. But then who's to say that if there's two teams, two to three teams in that top three next year that need quarterbacks, I'm not sure that you could give up enough to get up to get one of those guys next year. Right. I mean, it'll lead to my question to you. Wes, you were just dancing after the 49ers signed Hargrave. You were dancing quite a bit before we hopped on the mic. So I'll ask (laughs) you, I have a a feeling you've heard of this before. Uh Have you ever heard of the phrase that it takes two to tango? Yes. Yeah, okay. So if it takes two to tango and pull off a trade, then whoever has that number one overall selection next year, whoever has that number two overall selection next year, they're going to have to be willing to trade mm-hmm. in order to pull off a trade. Yeah. I know it's crazy, but that's what's going to have to happen. And so think about it when the Cincinnati Bengals had Joe Burrow on the clock, right? Like, we were talking about it then. What kind of move could anybody have made to go get the Heisman winner uh, yeah. that broke a ton of records? And now you're talking about a guy in Caleb Williams, a guy in Drake May, who might have two seasons worth of Heisman campaign type of play. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow was just one. Wes, there wasn't anything anybody could do to move up and take Joe Burrow away from Cincinnati. There wasn't anything. Carolina kind of wanted him. Yeah. Joe Brady was here, right? Like, that was the first year of him being the OC. Matt Rule just watched him in college. Of course they wanted Joe Burrow here in Carolina. But there was nothing they could do. There wasn't any talking point about that as we got close to the draft. Because, like, hey, you can you can sell me every single first-round pick you want. We're not trading Joe Burrow. So, if that's the case, and we're discussing Joe Burrow type of play from a Drake May, from a Caleb Williams, who just won the Heisman, are we going to see those teams trade it? No. So this is actually, and I heard this point made on ESPN a while back, the, the the reason or one of the reasons that it made sense to go trade up to number one is the fact that there is some uncertainty. So if you feel like you believe in a guy more with this class compared to the other franchises, this is your time to pounce. And I think he gave up a lot. But if you believe in a guy that can be a franchise QB, there's no doubt that's the most important position in sports. And if you think one of these guys can be that franchise QB, it's worth it. And especially in a draft where Chicago was willing to trade down and nobody else was willing to outbid you for one of these quote-unquote uncertain QBs. Yeah, I think everybody has a price. But to your point, if you do do this, this is something that you would probably have to end up paying almost double 
what you paid. You might have to pull off a New Orleans Saints Ricky Williams deal, giving up your whole draft for the number one pick. And even still, that might not be enough. Well, and, and think about it. If I mean, what team might need a quarterback? Let's go with Atlanta, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's just go with Atlanta. I know that complicates things within the division, too. There might be an NFC South tax, but whatever. If you're Atlanta, you need a starting quarterback. So let's just say you offer Atlanta three first-round picks, three second-round picks, and a third to go move up to first or second overall and get Drake May or Caleb Williams. Why would they make that move if one of the last things they need to do is take care of the most important position in sports? That's what they need. They need a starting QB. So it doesn't matter what you'd be willing to give up. And so you're right. If if you were able to get the interest of one of those two teams, maybe, right, maybe, you'd have to get rid of everything you got. Plus, think about them just trading DJ Moore, and now here I am worried about the lack of weapons. You get rid of everything? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have to get rid of offensive linemen too at that point? <laughs> I mean, and how suitable is that going to be for a rookie QB to be in a good environment to help them win games? Yeah, man, th- this is, as far as the trade package goes, I told you that I have a problem with including DJ Moore. I think I would have included a first-round pick, and I know that's a lot. I get it. But if if the entire environment thing is about giving your first-round QB, your first overall selection, the best environment to be successful, that includes a good pass catcher in DJ Moore to me. So that's why I would have gotten rid of a first-round pick. But at least they went and got somebody. At least they went and got their guy. And that is certainly something that I'm not sure they would have been able to do next year. All right, so let's talk about this. We know the positivity, how great it can be. But how big of a gamble is this trade? What if you draft a guy and he is a bust? How big of a gamble is this? No, it's it's certainly a big gamble, for sure. I, I'm, I'm happy with the gamble, but if we're just going on a 1 to 10 scale, I mean, it's, I don't know, like an 8? <laughs> I mean, it's a huge gamble, right? If... I've always pushed back on the trend that if you miss on your first round QB, it sets you back for years. It doesn't have to happen that way. We just, I've, I've given some of the examples before, but we saw Philadelphia draft Carson Wentz very high, get to a Super Bowl, and then get there again by sele- within six years by selecting a different QB in the second round. Okay, so there are ways out of this. We saw Arizona. They didn't think Josh Rosen was the guy. They were right, and so they decided to draft Kyler Murray. So it's not like it can't. You have control over that. If it sets you back multiple years, then it's the team's fault. It's not the QB's fault. It's your fault for not addressing it again, even if you thought the first QB that you selected was actually going to be a problem. So it's a big risk because you are getting rid of assets to move up to get a QB. But I'm going to go with eight, not quite a 10, because I agree with it overall if you just talk about it in a vacuum. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher, and I'm going to go with a nine on it. I think it could be a big gamble because – uh, then if it doesn't work out, then you have to kind of figure out what your options will be uh, for next season as far as you may be bad but not bad enough to – because let's just look at a situation to where if this quarterback comes in and you can just kind of see it immediately, that this is not the guy. Like, you can just tell. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, man, you're not bad enough. Or what if you are bad enough – to and and there's no first round pick there where you're looking and you're like man we could have had like what if you were number two number one pick bad next year yeah. and you're like man yeah we could have moved off this guy and got Caleb Williams moved off this guy and gotten Drake May so I think that uh, that that would be really tough I mean think think about yeah. having a 
I don't know, top four pick even, where no, you would not be able to select Drake May or even a Caleb Williams. But to give that kind of pick over to Chicago, look, I'm not saying it's not worth it, but if we're just talking about things that hurt, right, the, the price that it costs to go up and get the number one overall selection, that would be kind of brutal. And just to get to some text, you know, 704 said San Francisco gambled when they traded all of their assets to go move up and get traded. Oh! Some breaking news. Okay, what is it, Fitty? What you got? All right, the Panthers, they're on the board. Former Saints defensive tackle, Shy Tuttle, reached an agreement with Carolina on a three-year, $19.5 million deal that includes $13 million guaranteed at signing per sources. Okay, Shy Tuttle, I can't tell you I have a whole lot of information on Tuttle at the top of the dome, but it sounds like we got a new player here in Carolina, and we'll update you a little bit more as the show goes on with some of the free agency hits. I was I was hoping for something. Building at 3-4, man. Yeah, there you go. I, I was mean, hoping for a wide receiver, but this will do. You need some defensive line. Yeah, the numbers don't blow you away. You look at it, he had 49 tackles last year, which is pretty good for an interior defensive lineman. Two sacks, uh, you know, a tackle for loss. And three quarterback hits. But, again, we're talking about an interior defensive lineman. And from the looks of those numbers, sounds like he may be that nose guard. Mm. Uh, Winston-Salem guy, born in Winston-Salem, went to Tennessee. Hey, there you go. So, he sounds like he may be that guy they want to stick in the middle of that 3-4 to uh, be that space eater. You don't necessarily have to be 375 to be a nose in a 3-4. Great name, by the way. Shy Tuttle. Yeah. I like that guy. He's being, no shy uh, sacking quarterback. I, I would have bet a million dollars you were going to get a shy joke in there before we moved on to the next segment. <laughs> Just a shy guy. I would have bet my life savings on it. Well, let's hear some more from Fiddy uh, as we go to this second Fiddy Flash of the day. I did want to work in really quickly in a flash because this is all that they deserve at 22 and 48. The Hornets dropped two over the weekend at home to the Jazz and then last night to Cleveland. Competitive mm-hmm. in both games, but they fell short in both Walker. What's that to you this weekend from the bugs on the floor? Yeah, they dropped a 16-point lead. Terry Rogier had eight turnovers in this game against Cleveland. That's certainly something that won't get it done. They are struggling protecting the rim. Even with Nick Richards having eight blocks combined over the two games they played this weekend, Steve Clifford still made it a point after that game against Utah, even the first one, where he got five blocks and he's still talking about the lack of rim protection. Such is the life without Mark Williams, who did not play because of the sprained right thumb that he suffered just a few games back. And even Kelly Ubre didn't play last night because he had a back injury. It was yeah. a late scratch. So this is just what it is with the Hornets. This is the only update, though. Seems with this loss and the Orlando Magic winning a really tough game against Miami in overtime, they're seven games back. There's only like 14 games left. So even if the Hornets go 500, the Magic would have to win only one game, right? Like you have to do a two for one scenario thing. Hornets are entrenched. They're going to have a 12 and a half percent shot at this number one overall pick come lottery time. Yeah. I mean, that's all it's about at this point. It's just getting that draft pick for the Hornets wins and losses at this point are irrelevant. In my opinion, how they play is irrelevant. In my opinion, it's all about the draft. Let's get these lottery balls, get Wimbenyama in the queen city. So when we return on the Weston Walker show, we're going to talk about my stay in Greensboro. Who did I see? What did I eat? Did I have fun <laughs> watching the tournament? This is the West Western is Walker out. Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. There's a couple of different topics during the break that I wanted to get to. I also want to get to Wes's weekend in Greensboro. Week, really, in Greensboro. It was a long stay. Did you stay over the weekend? Did you come back to Charlotte on Saturday? No, I was back. I didn't uh, leave till Sunday late. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you miss us? Uh, a little bit, not really. A little bit. That's okay. Yeah. You know what? That's That was fine. a hell no without saying hell no. <laughs> no, not at all. I miss my dogs. I wish I could have been up there with me. That would have been even more fun. That would have been because I heard there was free food and free beer. Yes. At Greensboro. That was. I mean, Ooh. every night. Hang would have been fantastic. You where's you said you were bringing back candy. I did say I was gonna bring back candy, didn't I? Wow. Good thing the vending area's got Snicker bars. I don't, know, I don't know what you're getting slim over there. Oh, we got a milkshake for you if you want. Oh God. For those that don't know, Fiddy lost the ACC tournament challenge. He had the worst bracket that he filled out, and that means that we get to choose the milkshake combination for him to eat. And so you can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610, and you can give some of the flavor combos. We got three that you can put in there. You can even get real crazy and go with four. I've done it before when I felt really fat and wanted to go with the chocolate, the cheesecake, the banana pudding, all of that stuff. Just mix it on in there. And give me a diabetes explosion. That's what I would do at cookout. 704-570-9610. What was the best thing about Greensboro, West? The the ultimate fun that you had, number one. Was it the free beer? Was it the celebrity run-ins with you yourself being a celebrity? What would you say was the peak of uh, Greensboro weekend 2023? Oh, man. Um, Besides the basketball, because I always think it's just really cool for, for – but all the, the dudes I paid, all the things that I've done just to be sitting courtside watching these games, you know what I'm saying? Like just hearing what guys are saying on the court and all that good stuff, man. It, it was really cool. But the highlight was for sure uh, bringing my son to the championship game, letting him uh, watch. Even though I'm a Wake Forest guy, but I did secretly want Duke to win when they played Miami because I wanted when I was able to get the tickets, I wanted my son to be able to see one of the flagship teams in the ACC win in a championship setting, even if it had been Carolina. Uh, for my son to be able to see that, that that's a really cool uh, memory. So that was it, man. And I, I, I gathered some confetti up off the floor so he could toss it up in the air and, and do a little video that's and cool. stuff like yeah. that. Um, I, I don't know how cool this is, though, because we did see the videos that you posted. Uh-huh. And I do have to ask the question, uh-huh. why was your son donning a Duke basketball jersey? Yeah, so... When Zion was the man, he really liked Zion, so his mom got him a uh, Zion Williamson jersey. And then his front running behind was sitting up there <laughs> after the game, popping the jersey. When I he hadn't watched Duke all season long, I had to 
uh, beg him to come watch the Carolina Duke game with me, and then all of a sudden he's up in the bleachers popping the jersey as if he's been watching them all season long. That's perfect. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> Fitty, why do you have the stank face? Because he said when Zion was the man. I went back in my time machine. Oh, no. When was Zion Williamson ever Wasn't the man? Wasn't he the ACC player of the year and the national player of the year? He was awesome. Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah. Especially well, losing in the lead eight to Michigan State. Well, <laughs> th- what's great about Fitty's take on this is we were talking about this in the fishbowl, and then Fitty tried to say as we were talking, he only played, uh, or he missed a third of the season. And in reality... It's that, a conference game. Third of the conference game. Yeah, and in reality, it's just not yeah, true. He the played guy, 33 games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, but what's crazy is he got me. Like, usually I'm so good at checking him on that stuff. But he said, look, what happens is Zion you know, missed a third of the season, third of the conference games. In reality, he played over 30, and he was still awesome. <laughs> and that was, I'm okay with the Zion jersey then. I'm yes. okay. Yeah, so that was that was the best part, man, because it's one thing to watch it on TV, mm-hmm. but to be there, to see the confetti shoot out and the team celebrating on the floor, that's not stuff you get to see uh, that often. It, it reminds me of the story that I heard from somebody that was on the Ravens practice squad, mm-hmm. and they would hear Ray Lewis talk about winning the Super Bowl. And he said, when you're winning that championship yeah. and afterwards you got all this fun fetty surrounding you yeah. and everybody's trying not to laugh. And Troy Smith, who apparently was a clown on that team, he uh. said, Ray, don't you mean confetti? Yeah. And Ray wanted to kill Troy Smith for correcting him <laughs> during a speech because Ray Lewis is somebody that would absolutely uh, do that with his high intensity. Yeah, man. It was lit in there, too, man. The atmosphere was pretty cool. What I do have fitty? a question for you, Wes, and I know this because I'm on the gram and mail ain't. Okay. Uh, you... <laughs> You shared something of Vashti of y'all sitting on the press row. Were, uh-huh. were y'all asleep? Because <laughs> no. because y'all looked asleep. I think it was was it Friday night maybe. Uh huh. Don't, don't lie. No, we were not asleep. Uh, but we sat beside each other pretty much the entire tournament. Uh, but some of the games were boring. They were blowout. Wes, I mean, hold he on. was asleep. You we were not asleep. <laughs> no, we were not asleep. I never <laughs> fell asleep on the side. It, that's that's a fitty cap. It, it reminds me of Brian Windhorse. It uh, looked like when he was sleeping during an NBA trade deadline hit, and he fell asleep because he was so busy. He said he wasn't. He said he was looking at the phone. So maybe that's the excuse you could go to. Yeah. I did stop it. We were watching. I forget what game it was. Mm-hmm. It was. I think it was Virginia Duke. I think that's what it was. But we did stop it, and you were on air. We got to see you on ESPN. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I told, yeah, man. I, told him, I was like, hey, let's stop it real quick. And then you had, I think you had the flower shirt on, maybe? Okay. You had something loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had something loud. And so you, uh, the ESPN camera crew, they caught it. So yeah, you got man. some airtime. Yeah, man. So it was cool. I sat like four chairs down from Holly Rose. She kept walking up and down the aisle and going out there. And then uh, I forgot the other girl that was a sideline reporter. Not sure. Uh, as well. Then, like I said, seeing Fonzo and Reese. Reese became my uh, the, the workout guy with me. Every time I saw him, he brought up the... Stop for Reese Davis. What we got, Fitty? Well, I, I only interrupted Wes because this involves his team. Uh oh. Former 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. They said that was coming. According to Diana Russini and Adam Schefter. Of course, he played for Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels when they were in New, in New England cheating all those years. <laughs> I'm going to miss that man, man. I'm going to miss that <laughs> smile, man. Best wishes to Jimmy. I hope he goes out there. And, and plays really well. All right. What are you doing with Trey Lance next season? As far as I'm concerned, he's a backup and, and soon to be gone, in my opinion. Brock Purdy became my guy 
uh, after he went 9-0. and And not only was, you know, he wasn't just tagging along for the ride. He was one of the reasons why they that he did win those nine starts. I love Purdy, everything he brings to the table. Uh, Trey Young, I was never a fan of that pick from the jump. Uh, I just feel like that his, um, and I hate to say that about the brothers, man, but I, <laughs> I just... I just hated the fact. I just never thought that he was that advanced as far as reading defenses and them running that all that RPO and run heavy stuff with him. I didn't like that. Well, I they, like my offenses where they're driving back and throwing that thing. Well, and they talked about that though quite a bit as that being one of the advantages of taking Lance was that he was so smart. I mean, that's right. what they talked about. I think how he, he was great on the chalkboard, but it just looked like when he got out there, a lot of times it was kind of cap all over again, where you know. Look, and I know it was his first starts in the NFL and the speed of the game, but really, he looked to me. Really, really small sample size. The first game being in a monsoon, or at least it was raining quite yeah. a bit. Like, I don't know. I, I'm certainly not willing to give up. Like, we got a real small yeah, let's sample size. Let's get you size. out of here. Let's get him out of here. Brock Purdy. Brock is Purdy the guy. was very good. Real oh. quickly, some text. What you're I'll, saying, you I'll like Brock? Gonna, no. Brady's going to be their quarterback, right? Uh, He's well, going to unretire and come quarterback his boyhood team to a Super Bowl. <laughs> we need nobody. They Either got Brock Purdy. Miami. Uh, real quickly, Sweet Tea wrote in the milkshake needs to be pumpkin, blueberry, pineapple, and cherry. That is, that doesn't sound too great, <laughs> to be honest with you. Beef Supreme said, I'll give you a pair of my draws to filter the shake through. Ooh. So there you go. <laughs> so there's Beef Supreme yeah. writing that in. And then Moose said this, you can mix five flavors at cookout for the price of one. Might be taking advantage of that for free. Oh, yeah. The more, the merrier here. On Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7. It might be good. WFNZ. It might be, but he's going to have to tell us, though, because I sure am not going to be trying it. (laughs) One more hour to go. We continue to talk about the Carolina Panthers trading up to number one overall, but it's time to fill out different portions of the bracket. We will fill out the South region, as we saw Selection Sunday, reveal what the brackets were. We will fill out a different portion every single day this week, leading up to the NCAA tournaments beginning on Thursday. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.